This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning. Welcome to Resource Centre. This is Audrey Raj. So we're all aware that the threat of online scams and suspicious messages continue to increase. In fact, some will testify that these bad actors are getting real creative and some of these scams have a level of sophistication you can't help but admire. And thanks to the increasing accessibility of AI tools, these cyber attacks are only going to grow increasingly sophisticated. So organizations will need more robust authentication measures than ever before. What am I talking about? Well, not having to key in your password every time you log into something for starters. But to give us a real glimpse into what passwordless authentication looks like and what a truly passwordless future entails, I have online with me today Andrew Shakir, Executive Director at Fido Alliance. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here, Audrey. Right. So, Andrew, I thought we could start with uh, a quick read of the land. Maybe you can talk to us about the current state of pa- uh, passwordless authentication uh, in the region. Yeah. So I think, look, worldwide, um, you know, everyone's becoming more and more aware of the the pain and the risks associated with passwords. Mm. Um, they're difficult for us to all manage as consumers and for businesses. You know, they're nothing short of a liability. Uh, simply because you know, passwords are the leading lead to the vast majority of data breaches, account takeovers, and things like that. So that's a, a global um, a global trend. But in the region, you know, across Asia Pacific, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of different services you know, tap into the capabilities that are now built into um, you know all leading devices or the vast majority of leading devices on market today. Mm. Um, and so. Right now, you can use passwordless sign-ins, you know, using the FIDO technology called PassKeys on Apple devices, Google devices, Microsoft devices, um, Samsung devices. All, all those devices, again, support passwordless sign-ins with PassKeys. Um, but there's also kind of a clear transition towards a passwordless future in, in Malaysia specifically. I'll call it a couple things. Um, you know, several public services have adopted. Um, there's an authentication service. Uh, that a company called Secure Metric is providing to the government's Malaysia cybersecurity strategy, and various services are supporting that. Um, and we're seeing, you know, authentication, FIDO authentication also being deployed in mission critical applications at the Ministry of Finance in Malaysia. And there's a lot of other pilots underway that we think will grow in scale um, in in the in the very near future um, in Malaysia and beyond. So I think there's there's good good trends there. And if we look a little farther afield in Asia Pacific, um, Air New Zealand uh, down in New Zealand is supporting passkey sign-ins. The government of Australia is supporting passkeys. And of course, um, some of the earliest adopters, the most prolific adopters of FIDO authentication uh, come from Korea and Japan and China, which have long been you know, centers of innovation for FIDO. So in general, we're seeing a positive movement towards passwordless globally, with a lot of very interesting leading applications in Asia-Pacific. So, you know, like you just suggested, there's um, growing interest, there's growing adoption. Um, But can we talk about the efficacy of passwordless authentication? You know, is this the end product or is this just what we have for now to deal with the growing threat of cyber attacks? Well, you know, there's true passwordless authentications where you're actually replacing the passwords on the server, right? And that's what we're doing within FIDO Alliance. 
using technology called public key cryptography. Now, there's an interim phase, which is where you're using a, a password manager where you're cloaking the password and you're using perhaps a biometric to sign in mm. to that service, right? And so things like uh, iCloud Keychain or, or Google Password Manager, you know, these are very seamless services where the user feels like all they're using is a biometric, but in practice, what's actually happening behind the scenes is there's a password you know, existing on the server. Um, so that's a passwordless user experience, but where we really need to get to is truly passwordless, where you're replacing the password on the server with a public key, and then the corresponding you know, private key in this virtual key pair sits on the user's device. And only then you know, is the account and the service you know, really immune from remote attacks and from phishing and things like that. So look, the passwordless user experience where you don't consciously enter a password is an improvement, but the true efficacy, you know, the, 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 you know, the real point we all want to get to is a true password replacement. And that's, that's again, what we're enabling with passkeys. And many of the services I was talking about are leveraging um, passkeys for user sign-ins. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really not very tech savvy, but I, I thought the 2FA or the two-factor authentication was was like, you know, kind of good and also a bit troublesome. Yeah. You know, every time you want to log into something and all of that, you got to like, you know, get a password, get an OTP on the phone and all of that. But, you know, I thought that was like, okay, you know, there's no way we're going to get in. But I understand that consumers still enter a password manually nearly four times a day. And that's like more than a thousand times a year. And it's so cumbersome. Yeah. And then we've got to remember all the different passwords that are related to um, different sites. And then, of course, you know, now you've got these requirements that are not just a capital letter and sometimes you have to change your password you can't use the last password that you used just before the one that you have right now so it's just it's mind-boggling to me sometimes how people remember it or you know where they store this list of passwords um, but I, I learned that this is just not something that I personally am struggling with um, from um, Fido's online authentication uh, barometer that you guys released earlier this year. And I was just wondering if there were any other um, key insights from that report that stood out to you that can make me feel better that, that I'm not alone in, you know, in struggling with all my passwords. Well, you're most certainly not alone. Uh, <laughs> and I think that's part of the problem. I, you, I mean, you just hit the nail on the head. Like you just said, I thought OTPs were good, but they're also troublesome. Right. And, yeah. and that, that really summarizes it quite neatly, because, look, any any factor on top of a password is better than a password alone. So your SMS OTP will protect you from, you know, the vast majority of attacks. Now, that being said, it's becoming easier and easier to actually bypass SMS OTP um, you know, for a hacker. And we've seen these SMS, SMS OTP bypass attacks be executed at scale in places like Singapore, right, mm. where people's bank accounts were, were victimized. Um, so it's not only is it not immune from attacks, but you also have to do things like juggle devices um, or make sure that you actually get that uh, that OTP delivered. So I think you know that is a pain point. Um, and the pain point you're talking about as far as trying to keep up with different password policies and, and manage passwords, it's, it, it's virtually impossible to do effectively. Right? If you really want to have good password practices where you have a unique password for every site, and try to man, you know, manage them, there's there's literally no way to, to do that. It's gotten so out of control, which is why it's so important to actually start looking at ways not to you know make passwords better or passwords stronger with a, another factor on top of it, but let's replace the password altogether. Mm. Right, let's take that, that entire paradigm and, and, and change it such that you don't need to use a password. All you need to do is you know use the same gesture that you use to unlock your device 
dozens of times per day is what you can now do to sign in fully secure in a, in a passwordless manner where there's no nothing to remember and nothing for hackers to steal. Now, I want to talk more about the uh, results from FIDO's online authentication barometer. You know, were there any other parts of this report that stood out to you? Yeah, I, mean, I think it's interesting. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is, despite the fact that all these passwordless solutions are out there, you know, password usage without 2FA is still, you know, dominant. All right, so it's kind of the default method is passwords. And we continue to battle this. And I think we're starting to turn the tide. But the fact of the matter is, you know, passwords are incumbent, ubiquitous technology. Now, that being said, you know, what we've also found is that when, when users are given the option, you know, most users actually, you know, prefer biometrics. And that's a very positive thing, right? Because a biometric sign-in is really, I think, a, a highly scalable, um, you know, user um, act movement uh, mm -hmm. that will ultimately be used for passwordless adoption at scale. Um, so I think that's really important as well. And, and, you know, the other thing we're starting to see some of, and you, and you mentioned AI earlier on, is that our report shows that, you know, consumers are reporting um, online scams that are, are more frequent and, and more sophisticated and, and likely fueled by, by artificial intelligence. Right, so over half the users have seen an increase in suspicious messages and scams, um, and a similar amount, you know, believe they've actually become more sophisticated as well. So that's a big warning signal to me because ultimately, these online scams, these phishing attacks, those are created to, you know, pry credentials away from users, and so it's important that again we, we eliminate our dependence on these knowledge-based credentials. All right, uh, we're going to take a quick break for some messages. But when we come back, we talk about key trends in AI-fueled phishing attacks, as well as, you know, what's wrong with uh, legacy sign-in methods when it comes to your business. All that and more happening on Resource Center. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. Big, friendly matcha. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. And we're back. You are listening to Resource Center. This is Audrey Raj. Online with me today, I have Andrew Shakir, Executive Director at Fido Alliance. Andrew here is on vacation in California, but he's still taking the time to speak with me today. We've been talking about um, the state of passwordless authentication in Asia Pacific, uh, in the region, in Malaysia. Now, Andrew, before the break, you know, we were talking about how uh, people are still um, keying in their passwords every time they need to log into something. This is still happening. Despite having 2FA, the, the two-factor authentication, pass keys, um, other authentication methods, but people are still doing it the old school way. Now, I want to talk about businesses who are still doing this the old school way. You know, you know what's so bad about um, legacy sign-in methods? You know, why do businesses uh, need to move away from these methods? What's the What's the harm here? What's the worst that can happen? Yeah, yeah the, the worst that can happen is uh, someone you know, hacks into your your network and into your company and takes over system resources and you know holds holds all those ransomware and launches a ransomware attack, which we saw in the U.S. recently with uh, Caesar's Entertainment and MGM, you know, two major casino operators, mm -hmm. were both victims of ransomware attacks, which stemmed back to their dependence on passwords and knowledge-based credentials, right? And so again, any time you have to sign in 
with a method that relies on entering a human readable secret over a network, you are susceptible to remote attack. In those instances, those ransomware attacks, um, the hackers were very creative. They didn't, it was actually kind of a low tech approach. They went <clears throat> on LinkedIn and, and found out you know, who were some key people in IT, your tech support or some key key executives. And they would call in to the, the you know, they, they found the, you know, the, the IT admins, you know, they, they, they sleuthed and got their names and basically just did a good old fashioned social engineering attack where they called in and asked those admins to, um, I think, reset the accounts for these remote, you know, supposed remote employees. Mm. Um, and, and since that they could actually reset these accounts remotely because it's a knowledge-based secret, those people could then actually enroll, you know, what, what looked to be legitimate accounts into the corporate network. And then once they're in the network, they can, you know, access sensitive information, more employee data, and, and do all sorts of, you know, nefarious things. So mm. that's really, you know, part of the risk here is that, again, if you are trying to secure your company, you should use a technology um, that is, is fit for purpose. And, and passwords simply don't do that because they're susceptible to remote attacks or other ways that people can take over uh, your employee accounts. Okay, on the flip side, though, you know, what if you have, you're, a, you're an SME and you have a web shop or, you know, you have a marketplace or, or a website that you need your users to log into, you know, is that still okay to use your, your, your normal password um, or your uh, sign-in method? Yeah, I mean, okay. Like, again, so I, I, I think the answer is to, you know, depend on passwords as little as possible. Right. And so now to be, we have to be realistic here, there is a kind of learning curve and it's an adoption curve. So maybe you need to support passwords uh, for the time being. If you're using passwords for sign in, you should do a second factor on top of that. Right. Even SMS OTP is better than a password alone. Now, that being said, you know, if you're if you're a website builder, there are plugins that allow you to use pass keys instead of passwords. Right. So if your employee, if your users are on devices that can support passwordless sign ins, it's relatively easy for you to use these plugins for things like different for different web building tools or Shopify or, or shopping, shopping tools like that. If you look, you can find these tools out there that allow you to use passwordless sign-ins for your websites rather than password-based sign-ins. So there are there are alternatives um, that, if not being used in the short term, you know, I would encourage web builders to you know roadmap against for the longer term. Hmm. Andrew, can we talk about AI-fueled phishing attacks? Uh, because I understand that it's now beginning to impact SMEs, enterprises, and consumers as well. So, you know, no one um, is above the line. Everyone is being attacked. Uh, but can we talk about some of the key trends in AI-fueled phishing attacks? Yeah. I mean, I think AI is, is so interesting and is, has so much great potential, but we need to also be aware of some of the, the threats associated with it. Um, and, you know, the fact of the matter is phishing works, mm. right? So a well-designed phishing attack, even without AI, has over a 50% success rate, right? My so not gosh. just a click rate. Yeah, isn't that crazy? This is Google data from a couple of years ago. So well, not your, not your kind of, you know, Nigerian prince kind of lazy phishing yeah. scheme with a lot of broken, broken letters, but like a well-designed spear phishing attack is very successful because it preys upon our human nature. Right. Our human nature is to want to trust and to believe what someone is sending us and to, you know, we we, sh we want to take action on it. Or we want to, you know, if someone asks me to, you know, if I think it's my boss and she asks me to do something, I want to please her. 
right? And so these phishing attacks, these targeted phishing attacks, take advantage of our human nature. Um, so phishing works, and as we've seen with ChatGPT, you know, it's a very intelligent service where you can ask ChatGPT to write things for you. You can ask it to write articles. You can ask it to write emails. Now, what if you ask it to write a phishing email? What if you ask it to write like, well, you know, send an email that uh, will seem like it probably comes from, you know, a you know, service XYZ. And it's not just ChatGPT, but there's other AI engines out there, things like Evil GPT, which is actually the name of a, of a of a hacker service mm. that is tuned to do this sort of work. And so what happens is then those, these services help hackers create phishing attacks that are way more believable than anything ever before. In fact, they're just impossible to discern from a real, a real email from a fake email. And so when it gets that sophisticated, um, it becomes impossible again for the end user to detect a phishing attack. And so, the success rate will go up and up. So that's the threat, right? The threat is that bad actors will use AI technology to have more sophisticated, more clever, more believable attacks to spoof users into taking actions that ultimately will turn over their accounts to those hackers. So, Andrew, then how do um, alternatives like, you know, you mentioned passkeys earlier. How do passkeys provide users with stronger protection against these phishing scams? Yeah. So, you know, if you think about phishing, it's really credential phishing attacks where the user, the, the hacker wants to get your password. Mm. Right? They want to get your username password pair. Now, if and then if you're fooled into doing so, that's what you essentially hand over. You, you sign into a fake site. You enter your username and password, and then that hacker then has that combination. Um, the way that passkeys prevent that is that you literally, literally cannot do that, right? With passkeys, it's using something called again public key cryptography, which is you know instead of having a password secret that the user knows in their head, it's a virtual key pair, like I think of it as a lock and key, um, where the lock, if you will, sits on the server. And the key, which has to match just perfectly, sits with the user themselves. There's no way to, you know, create a site that pretends to have that lock, right? Whereas, you know, and if, if I try signing into a fake site, say, say you know, I'm, I'm hacked or I'm, I'm spoofed with a phishing email, I go to use a, a passkey to sign into the fake site, it simply won't work. I have the private key in my device, but there's no public key on that fake server. Right, so there's no way for me to sign in. Conversely, for some reason, they have a public key you know, that doesn't match my own my, my private key. There's no way for these things to actually interact. So there's no way for me to sign in, and there's no way then for that remote attacker to take over my account. So we're really just you know again, this comes back to the, the importance of understanding the fundamental threat that passwords and knowledge-based credentials um, pose. And also understanding with that, that the only way to really move beyond it is to get rid of them altogether, to mm. change that paradigm. Right? In the short term, we can bolster passwords with you know, multi-factor authentication, but ultimately we need to get rid of that fundamentally flawed foundation of passwords. So if we know that this is what we need and this is what you know businesses need, um, why aren't businesses moving quicker towards um, going passwordless? Well, I think we're seeing good mo good momentum in this direction, right? I mean, I, I listed before several uh, government initiatives in Malaysia and so many leading services in, in 
Japan and Korea and Vietnam and elsewhere, all, all are using passwordless signups. You know, it's for, for consumer or e-citizen services. And so many enterprises also are using, you know, pass keys or FIDO security keys, which has what we call device-bound pass keys. They've been using these for, for years. So there has been positive movement on that front. And we're also seeing major services support pass keys for consumers. So on global scale, Google, right? Mm -hmm. If you have a Google account, you can go today to g.co slash passkeys and add a passkey to that account, in which case you will never have to use a password again for that Google account. Or if you're using Google social sign-in for different sites, you can also use that same passkey for so social sign-in, not using a password at all, right? Google supporting passkeys, Amazon supporting passkeys, TikTok is supporting passkeys, uh, Nintendo, um, Apple, you know, the, so the list goes on. So, you know, we, we estimate that over 8 billion, there's over 8 billion user accounts that are passkey enabled on, you know, on, on the market today. So that's a pretty good start, but we're going to look for that number to grow substantially in the years ahead. And also not just passkey enabled, but passkey utilized services as well, right? So it's one thing to allow someone to use a passkey, but then having them actually use it is just as important. So we think that one of our challenges and something we'll work on is to you know, drive some education so that consumers understand that A, what a passkey is, B, that they want to use it, and then see how and where to use it so that they will opt in for this simpler and more secure method of sign-in instead of relying on passwords and SMS OTPs. Hmm. Now, Andrew, uh, before I let you go back to your vacation, uh, just one final uh question. Um, I just want to know, how close are we to a truly passwordless future? Because, you know, like you said earlier, the best thing to do is just get rid of it. Um, yeah. How close are we to a truly passwordless future? Will we be there? I don't know. Are you looking at five years? Are we looking at yeah. three years? Um, what's your gauge on this? Well, first of all, there's no vacation from, from getting rid of passwords. So let me make that <laughs> I'm always happy to talk to you. Um, the, uh, you know, the, 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 I get the question a lot. I, mean, I, I believe that in, in the, the next four or five years, the vast majority of consu major consumer services will offer passwordless sign-in options, and most of those will leverage passkeys. Mm. All right, so I, I so I would say like the top 1,000 online services worldwide, I would hope that over 50% of them by 2026 in the next three years will support passkeys, at least have that option. And I think and I, and I know that sounds bullish, and maybe that's a little audacious, but the technology is there. Right. Again, the technology is now built into every, you know, for the vast majority of computing devices. And we're seeing more and more major services start to rely on this. And when you start seeing companies like Google, like Amazon, um, like Entity Docomo, Yahoo Japan, and groups like that, and then Air New Zealand, and, you know, all these, these organizations using passkeys, that gives confidence to the next, you know, wave of companies to do the same thing. And not only that, we're seeing passkey support being built into, um, you know, public, you know, kind of web, web builder plugins, right? So it becomes easier and easier for web builders to leverage passkeys. And all the leading infrastructure, infrastructure products of big B2B identity management vendors are all building passkey support into their products as well. So the technology is there mm -hmm. and we're seeing people deploy and deploy successfully with very good results where they're seeing a much higher sign-in success rate, much lower fraud rate, um, and lower time to sign in. As soon you know, as people start to understand these business benefits, more and more consumer services will 
start to you know accelerate our path for this future. So I think again, in the next five years, the vast majority of consumer services will be supporting passkeys. Mm-hmm. Um, likewise, we're seeing more and more enterprises protect their workforce with security keys and and and, and other forms of using passkeys as well. Andrew, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thanks for having me. It's really a pleasure talking to you. Now, for more information on Fido Alliance, is there a website that we can go to? Yeah, certainly. FidoAlliance.org um, is our website. And, you know, we have uh, social media, you know, Twitter and LinkedIn and such, all under Fido Alliance as well. And if you missed out on any part of this show, you can go look for the podcast on our website. That's bfm.my. You can also find all our podcasts on the brand new BFM app that's available on the Apple App Store and on Google Play. I've been speaking with Andrew Shakir, Executive Director at Fido Alliance. My name is Audrey Raj and and this has been Resource Centre on Enterprise BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.